party to you. Stamps tonight. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. What's up, heroes? And welcome to the Stephen Corson Show, where we discuss financial strategies, habits, and mindset to get you to your first 100K and then get you to your first million, all in the pursuit of true wealth and modern freedom. Bitcoin just hit $50,000. And the thing that I really want to take time to do before we really talk about that is tell you a story from about seven years ago. Uh, At the time, I was working for a company who did research on all things technology, and I worked with executives of Fortune 500 companies. So I actually discovered Ethereum before I discovered Bitcoin because what was going on at the time was when you looked at the top searches for technology and different things at the place where I worked. And, you know, I was in these conversations in boardrooms with these uh, analysts, you know, that are talking to these C-level executives of these huge companies. Normally what happened is they were talking about technology that was going to be about three to five years down the line. They weren't talking about, you know, what they were going to be using that day. So, when blockchain started coming up, I started paying attention. And then I started looking into it and going, oh, wow, this is actually something I can really invest in. And that's what led me to buy Ethereum and then eventually Bitcoin as well. So after I'd been investing in it for a few months, I'm at this party hanging out with some guys and everything. And you know they knew that I was a very active investor. I had been doing really well for myself. So it wasn't like out of place that I would start talking to them about investment opportunities, different things like that. And as I told them about this, uh, they didn't ask questions. They didn't, you know, wonder, you know, more about the story or inquire about it or want to understand anything about the technology. They just made fun of me. Like, like literally they, they made, <laughs> they just made fun of me the entire time to the point where I was like, guys, this is getting a little immature and stupid and excessive. So fast forward seven years from now, uh, I only know of one of the guys that ended up buying it. He didn't buy it when I told him to, he bought it up at the top at about 19 K And then at that point, just freaked out when it, you know, just totally dropped off from there, despite the fact that I said, listen, hold on to it for a couple more years and it'll double. And uh, yeah, he didn't do that. So anyway, it's just the the, the point of that story that I want to say is not to make fun of these guys for not buying Bitcoin. The thing that I want to point out that was the most detrimental aspect of their behavior is the fact that they show no curiosity. Curiosity is one of the greatest uh, characteristics of a good investor. I am not saying that they should have bought Bitcoin. I am not saying that they should have bought Ethereum. What I am saying is that they should have asked questions. If they knew that this was somewhat of a reputable source, or even if it wasn't, and it was just something new, it's like, okay, let me get an understanding here. Why are you investing in this technology? Why uh, are you buying this thing? It's fluctuating up and down. It sounds like a fad, yada, yada. Like, Find out more about it. It doesn't matter if you're in real estate. It doesn't matter if you're looking to invest in you know, collectibles, anything like that. You should never invest in anything until you have a really good, comfortable understanding of whatever that asset is. So that's something that's really important that I cannot stress enough. The, the greatest skill of any investor is to be naturally curious. It doesn't mean you should invest in any, in everything. You shouldn't. But you should never invest in something that you don't have a good understanding with. And being curious and asking really good questions is going to be one of the best things that you can do to get to that point of understanding. So that was the mistake that they made is not taking the time to really learn about this 
And now here we are. And, you know, I'm do my portfolio is doing fine. Hope there's is too, but I know it's probably not doing much <laughs> in this particular space. So anyway, now I want to talk about Bitcoin uh, because I don't talk about crypto as much. Um, I, I, I do discuss this because this is an important part. I try to be a little bit of a level head about all of it. And um, let's let's get over this. So this is a rare achievement, this 50K mark. We've only crossed this one other time. It has been 776 days since Bitcoin crossed the $50,000 threshold. That's a long time, long time. Uh, this was December of 2021. So that was the last time peaked out in the 60s, came back down. Um, and it has been a long, slow haul, but it's been gradual and it's been consistent. The other time was a little different. Now, one of the things that's really interesting about this from just a general market behavior standpoint that I wanted to kind of bring up. So this has to do a lot with the phase that Bitcoin is in. Bitcoin works through these four-year cycles. And at the uh, end of that four-year cycle, there's something called the halving. Now, the halving is, you know, in order to unlock portions of a Bitcoin or a Bitcoin, what is happening is in the background, you have computers that are running mathematical equations and different things in order to mine it. So if you think about this in terms of, you know, I'm sitting here digging in a hole and trying to find gold, right? The computers are doing it, but they do it through mathematical equations. And this is why the main cost to get Bitcoin is electricity. It takes a lot of computing power just to get a little bit. Well, every time, every four years where there is a halving, the equations get that much more difficult. They increase by a certain factor. And it basically, let's just say, if it used to take, and I'm, I'm making this up, this isn't the actual metric, but I'm just putting it into perspective. If it took an hour to mine a Bitcoin, you know, with a computer, um, then it now it's going to take you two hours to mine that same amount of Bitcoin. It just gets harder. It takes more computing power, takes more electricity, different things like that. So that is you don't have to understand all the intricacies. Like I said, that is not an exact, um, you know, one for one thing. But I'm just trying to set the example of like what this does. The reason that's a really big deal is because it makes it harder to get Bitcoin. And with any asset class, the harder it is to get it, the more the value tends to go up. So, um, you know, obviously supply has something to do with that, but there's supply. So, um, or I'm sorry, demand. So that is one of the things that's really interesting is that we are, again, this is um, coming up on, I think we're in the fourth cycle since its inception. Um, and it's a very predictable pattern that we're able to look at historically to where we see these rises and dips. So, it's it's been really interesting and it's there's been a lot of turmoil to get to 50k you had china um you know ban mining so you couldn't ban over there it was taking up too much electricity they said even though that's not really what it was about it was about currency control um so there was that uh you've had multiple exchanges get hacked go under the blockchain itself is secure but these exchanges have not been. So lots of things there. You've had regulatory pressure. Um, the current administration that we have in the White House hates technology and innovation. Can't imagine why a bunch of 80-year-olds are scared of technology. Go figure. Um, maybe we should elect younger people. It's just me. But yeah, so it's there's a lot of things that have happened and that really just it couldn't get much worse um, as far as what it's 
had to go through in order to get to this 50K mark. Um, so because of that, it shows a lot of resilience. It shows that a lot of people are really interested. And then probably the funniest, most ironic thing, and there's a really important lesson in this to learn is that the banks and all the hedge funds and big time investors for years have been talking how Bitcoin is a scam. It only gets used by criminals. You shouldn't use it, which is hilarious because it's like 90% of cash has residual cocaine on it. And it's like, have you ever watched a mom movie before? All drug dealers use is cash. So should we stop using cash? I mean, don't get me going on it. It's hilarious. So all these big wigs and suits and all that have been saying how bad it is. But the reason they've been doing that is number one, to try to buy, uh, drive the price down so they could buy it. But then two, while they've been saying it's terrible, they've been working to get uh, the, the SEC, the government, to approve the trading of this asset under what is called an ETF. So basically what they have been working to do to, while saying it's terrible, while saying it's a scam, while saying all these other things, they have simultaneously been working in the background to get this to where you can buy it on the stock market. Well, why would they do that if it's so terrible? Because they cannot make money off of trading Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other things as it is right now. They can't charge fees. They can't do it legally. But once it's on the stock exchange, now they can take their client's money and they can start investing in, into it and in charging fees for it. So all this was really about it had nothing to do with the technology. It had nothing to do with what blockchain is and all these other things. It just came down to, well, we don't like it because we can't make money on it. And now that they can make money on it, you can watch the news clips. It's hilarious. We're talking a six month difference even of these CEOs coming out and being like, oh yeah, it's absolute crap. It's a scam. Nobody should ever buy this. To now they are literally selling products with it and putting hundreds of millions of dollars into these to charge their clients fees. It's the perfect example. This is the, this is the lesson to take, okay? We live in a time with an incredible amount of information, okay? We live in a time to where if you listen to the elites, the people running things, right? They will tell you because they're on news channels that nobody's watching, like these business channels and all this other stuff. They will tell you exactly what their plans are. Okay. And then when they get on the mainstream stuff, uh, they'll tell you something totally different. So the lesson to be learned is that if you want to make money, if you want to get into something before the masses do, listen and pay attention to what the rich and the powerful are doing. Okay. And then do what they do and not what they say. A perfect example is like Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, and she is not the only one. I don't want to just pick on her. There's Republicans and Democrats on this side. It, uh, all, all politicians at the federal level are completely bought. It's the only way to get it. We have to get money out of there. But anyway, that's like asking a tiger to stop you know, <laughs> getting free pigs delivered to it every week. Um, but the point is, is this. The You look at people like Nancy Pelosi, she's one of the most popular ones. Her portfolio, she has to, you know, list out what her trades are. She has to fill out forms and all this. And, you know, she'll claim it's her husband and he doesn't know anything and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, then you'll see things like she bought a chip making stock at an all time high, knowing that they were about to pass 
a bill to give companies like that funding to make more chips as part of a national security thing. So she knows they're about to get billions of dollars in funding, which is going to skyrocket the stock. She buys it right before then, and then her portfolio crushes it. So that's pretty much the definition of insider training, but it's legal because she's in government. So anyway, my point is you can find this information online now. People are wising up. They're starting to track this stuff. Even if you don't do the exact trades that they do, just pay attention to the trends. Listen, don't listen to what they're saying. Watch what they're actually doing. There's a lot of documentation around it. And I think it's absolutely fascinating. So this is something that I've really shifted in. Um, you know, you have real estate, for instance. You have huge companies that run the world like BlackRock, who are at the WEF with a um, or W World Economic Forum, talking with all these rich people and listening to crappy music and doing all these other things, pretending that they're just better than everybody else. And what are they saying there? Because they know the average person isn't going to be paying attention to the things that they're saying there. They're just hanging out with all the rich buddies, you know, talking about climate change when they all blew, uh, flew in on their uh, private jets, which have a massive carbon footprint. So don't care what they say. I care what they do. Well, what, what have they said about real estate? They're saying in the future that people are not going to buy homes. They're saying that everyone will just rent. Everybody's just going to rent a home. Okay, well, if everybody's renting a home, then who actually owns the home? Well, BlackRock runs the home. Okay, well, if they're saying it's not good for people to own homes, in BlackRock's sole purpose in their existence is to make money, and they're going to be buying the homes, does that mean that if I want to make money, I should buy the home? Yeah, that's exactly what that means. So that's the lesson here with crypto. It, okay, you're going to see this again all over the place, but I think it's just such a stark example of the hypocrisy that is out there and the smoke and mirrors that, you know, all of these, uh, the, the capitalistic game is thrown up. And you can hate on capitalism and all this other stuff. It's not a perfect system, but it is the best system without a doubt. And you can win at this game. You just have to pay attention to the right things and you need to be curious. 